And hey there, hi there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics. And we'll get into spring sports now a little more. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. Certainly softball, certainly lacrosse, as well as women's basketball. What did and what did not happen this week for the Cards? Uh, we're proud to have a full house in here today. Case Jared, Jeff, and the notorious Daryl join us on the broadcast. So let's just kind of catch up with the gang and see how they're doing today. Let's go ahead and start with that notorious Daryl. Daryl, what's going on? Have you got a buffet lined up for the breakfast bar this morning? What breakfast bar? I missed the announcement on the breakfast bar. You pretty much had one last week. So yeah, I mean, last oh, week. Oh, oh, that one. Gotcha. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> nope, just coffee and water today. Oh, okay. <laughs> you showed up too late this week, Daryl. I did. I slept in. Uh, that's a good I thing been to woken do on up, Saturday. I haven't been woken up by an alarm on the weekend in weeks, and I, uh, yep, needed every minute of it. Nothing like that. Seeing the clock, it says 8 a.m., and you decide, nah. <laughs> I'm not getting up yet. I'm rolling back over. I love that (laughs) feeling. Jeff in the house with us as well. Jeff, usually traditionally the first one here on the broadcast. And Jeff and I were kind of talking about the softball team. Off to a very good start so far, despite today's action. Uh, A lot of new faces in this lineup, Jeff. I'm trying to try to catch up as I go on some of these. Yeah, absolutely. I was looking at it, looking at the at least the starting lineup, and there were a lot of names that I didn't really recognize in there. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the bottom half of the lineup was like these are all new names. So, uh, yeah, a lot to learn. Um, you know, uh, we were kind of talking about it. Jared and I were kind of talking about it before you joined Polly, and then you jumped in, and yeah, it's been a lot to talk about this morning. Everybody's kind of chatty. It's good. The cards, of course, are down in. Boca Raton, where my brother-in-law lives at FAU, playing down there in their fast pitch classic and uh, some successes early. We'll get into a lot more of that later on. So we've got Case in the house also. Case, uh, is home improvement on arrest now? We just need to know what's going on this week. No, it's certainly not on arrest. Uh, we just were able to finally get my office finished to get my setup put back together, so... Uh, I was hoping that I'd sound a little less tinny today, but I don't I don't know. Can't tell through through the in ear monitoring here, but I got the nice uh luxury vinyl plank flooring down instead of the concrete <laughs> in this office, so should absorb at least a little bit more noise. So you could actually go in, in your socks instead of having to wear shoes, go to work. That's nice, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, still in the office for work, but uh, did did get to to buy a, a dock that matches the one that I have at work. So I, I've officially got a home setup that's just like my office setup. Got a bunch of fun connectors and switches that let me just use my same mouse and keyboard and same monitors and all that. And, uh, it, it's it's an exciting, exciting adventure. Do they know if he's home or away? The clients <laughs> never know with case. <laughs> Also, Jared in the house today. Jared, uh, not a whole lot of photography stuff going on sports-wise for the guards this weekend, but I'm sure you've been staying busy in other endeavors. Yeah, I was kind of ticked off when I took my camera stuff with with me to work Thursday and had my pink on and everything, and then a few hours before tip-off, we found out it's canceled, so I was 
that kind of put me in a little bit of a sour mood on top of dealing with I had a uh, cut on my tongue that turned into a canker sore that had been healing up. So I guess having a couple nights off has helped with that too because those things aren't fun to deal with. I know the tongue very important in the operation of a camera. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully heal well there, Jared. We don't want you taking any pictures of your canker sore. <laughs> I don't think I'll run them if you send them. As for me, uh, you know, I was like you. I was uh, I was ready to go down to the KFCM Center Thursday night and uh, had even put on my pink shirt from a couple years ago. I was going down already to support the, obviously, play for K game and such. And then when I just happened to jump online, see what was going on before I got in the car, and then the news hit us that Virginia had declined the chance to come to Louisville and play the cards, so. Obviously, uh, not a popular decision by the Cavaliers with the Louisville fan base. There's been a lot of uh, people airing their gripes about that, social media and such, and all, even also on the website. So uh, the Cavs, uh, obviously, the stated reason, which the ACC backed up, was that they had some mechanical issues. And then when they did get a plane that they thought they could bring to Louisville, they couldn't get a flight crew. So when you combine the two, it's a great makeup story, even if it isn't true. You know, it's better than saying, oh, well, uh, we got to the airport. It was closed. So we just turned around and came back. Yeah. You think Virginia might have been like celebrating a coach's birthday? Did you all see that? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that could have been. A, that's another you know aspect we can bring into this. They, they got Tina hammered and she passed out on the couch and couldn't wake her up in time to make the flight. You know, you never know. I just think it's weird that the social media activity for Virginia, like you said, they didn't say anything up until UofL had already announced it and all of that. And their social media was still like, just happy birthday coach. And I don't know. It's just weird situation. I, I think that women's basketball Virginia is probably not a high priority item this year based on their three and 18 record for most you know. years, honestly. Yeah. Well, they, they haven't been good. And I hate to say this since Tina Thompson's been there. Okay. Yeah. Now, Joanne Boyle, the previous coach, she wasn't bad. She did some good things up there, but uh, we'll see what happens down the road. Uh, I wonder who the, I haven't looked ahead to see who the Cavs have next, but uh Hopefully it's something within a two-hour drive, so they can all hop and do a bus if they've got to. Uh, but Wake Forest—that's a pretty close trip for them. That's not a bad trip down there. Yeah, you can make that uh, interstate in a couple hours, probably out of Charlottesville, I would think. But have, never having made the drive, I'm not sure. We'll see. Anyway, enough on Virginia. Let's hope that they uh, can play the rest of their games without any trouble. Now, I do want to say I, I suppose I was wrong in my post from Friday. I was already counting the win and the win column for the cards, but had to retract that because they said that it was just an ACC win, not an overall win. So I guess I just don't understand the um, forfeit rules. That had me in a bit of a quandary, too, when Wallace mm -hmm. mentioned that. Said, okay, we, we get the forfeit win in conference, but we don't get it in the overall standings. Right. And then Wallace brought up the uh, – scenario says well what if we just don't play another game yeah number one seed in our region right now what if we finish at 21 and 2 do we still keep the number one seed you know why do why do we bother a legit question indeed Coach. 
only the, the mind of Jeff Walls could come up with that on in an impromptu <laughs> kind of decision. But uh, the time of the show where we normally get into a little scheduling and Twitter information, we've got Case back in the range to do that for us. So, uh, Case, you got a couple more sports added to the mix now, right now. Take it away. Yeah, I do. And fortunately, uh, while I was looking at the schedule earlier while writing, uh, I got the weird misreadings out of the way. So, uh, shook off some of the rust. If we look at today, uh, events that are currently ongoing, um, surprising number for this early in the day. But you've got track uh, is doing split team events, half the team uh, in Clemson at the Tiger Paw Invitational. Uh, and the other half is in Seattle, so nearly as far away as they could be from each other at the Husky Classic, uh, hosted by Washington, obviously. Softball, like we've mentioned, is taking on Ohio State in the FAU First Pitch Classic, the last game of that event for the just, Cards. Just ended. It just ended, Jared says. Sidearm, I guess, stopped updating <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah, I've got it at the bottom of the seventh with the bases loaded here on stat broadcast, so. Jared's got the, the insight. He's got that. They're texting him from the dugout as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taryn Weddle standing out in the right field with a camera direct feed to Jared's laptop right there. Unless Jared. my uh, sidearm's ahead of yours or just did a weird, funky thing. Who knows? <laughs> it can vary. Who, who knows what's going on? Um, so, so, that might help. Uh, none, nonetheless, uh, looks like the cards are not going to uh, finish the event undefeated. I'm showing us what base is loaded and no ads, okay? There's Look, still hope. Paul's got I'm hope. holding that hope. Jared is having a dream about this, I think. <laughs> I'm going I'm to refresh my sidearm and make sure they didn't do a little uh, oops on there. I just refresh <laughs> mine and I've got no turn, Click the yeah. end game button. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do have bases loaded. Oh, now it switched. It, mine showed top of the eighth and went back to the bottom of the oh seven. Oh, my God. So, so somebody over there in sidearm We're going is back uh, in time. rushing the Someone head Someone is messing with Jared. That's right. I'm just, I just got to ask him. I'm going to have to do a tutorial here on how incredibly <laughs> difficult it is to build a scalable internet service because clearly we're having trouble with the concept yeah. here. I just Over like how, my head, Jeff. I just Over like how the, the NCAA can't get mad at us for live updates on the air because uh, we don't yeah, know if it's live. Not we don't know what's live. <laughs> and we're not sure how accurate they are anyway. So what does it matter? You know? That's why stat broadcast is better. <laughs> we, we Unless you're trying to watch on tv and follow stats then you, then it's impossible to enjoy oh, Lord, that, that's a juggle it's like trying yeah. to listen to the radio and watch tv there at the same time yeah <laughs> all right jerry we've, we've blown your time here you know trying to set a personal best but go ahead and continue scheduling your twitter so. anyway uh men's tennis taking on michigan state that is away there in east lansing uh women's tennis was scheduled for uh, a two-team match today taking on butler and st louis uh the event with butler was canceled but they are still taking on St. Louis in the Bassett Road Tennis Center at 4 p.m. Uh, Lacrosse is in Denver. They took on uh, Colorado yesterday. They're taking on Denver tomorrow at 1 p.m. And women's basketball is bringing Notre Dame in for a top 25 matchup at 2 p.m. in the Yum Center tomorrow. That one is on uh, ESPN 1. So uh, I think that's part of the – is that part of the game day, special game day? coverage Jeff? Or is, when next is, week. is that next week yeah i wasn't yeah. wasn't sure uh monday is an off day for everyone uh, tuesday the acc championships get started in atlanta georgia for swimming uh, that begins at 10 a.m with the 
prelims for Tuesday's event and 6 p.m. for the finals. Uh, they'll do all the prelims and finals of individual events on the same day. And that event is scheduled to go through Saturday, it looks like. Is that combined swimming and diving, or do they do those separately at the conference level? That is a good question. It just says swimming, and I don't see a diving event okay. for the ACC, so I would guess that it's all combined. Yeah. Um, so it, I know they're separate for like, NCAA. For, like preliminary are, yeah, because you have the diving zones. Mm -hmm. and the the swimming preliminaries or regionals or whatever so yeah so that's why that's why i asked i wasn't sure on that yeah and louisville's going to host a last chance meet the following weekend um to to try and get anybody else trying to get some uh, a cut and b cut times to make the ncaa's after the acc championships uh on wednesday uh, that ACC championship swimming event continues and men's basketball hosts Miami because this season just refuses to end. Uh, <laughs> Thursday, women's basketball heads to North Carolina um, where they'll take on the Tar Heels. That one is on Regional Sports Network, everyone's favorite. Uh, it's at Good old six. Valley High. Mm -hmm. Gotta love that um, like the headquarters of the ACC, you can't put the games on the ACC network there, but whatever. On Thursday, or sorry, Friday, uh, softball will start the T-Mobile tournament in Gainesville. They'll get that started at 10.30 a.m., taking on Villanova. Uh, they'll later play Florida A&M at 1 p.m. in that event. Lacrosse will split those two matches. Uh, they'll play their first home match uh, against Marquette at noon on Friday. And baseball will start their season taking on Charlotte in Tampa at 2 p.m. Saturday, uh, events going on prior to the show, uh, just the swimming um, ACC Championships final day, and then women's tennis versus Austin P gets started at noon uh, on Saturday. As for Twitter, I tweet is at best case scenario, that's BST case scenario. Polly is at Cardinal Couple, Jeff is at Card Couple Radio, and at Jeff McAdams. Jared is at Mr. Anderson Jared, and Daryl is at Daryl Faust 4. Uh, as always, you can keep up with the Twitter widget on the right side of the Cardinal Couple website for all the UofL uh, women's athletics accounts. So, that does it. There you I did go. look up the ACC championship on the ACC side, and it does include it does indeed include the diving so there we go just to check confirmation yeah just uh honestly kind of hate the noon starts for lacrosse on a friday that's uh i mean you know if you're trying to get a fan base in there if you're trying to get some people to come into the game uh, noon doesn't seem to be the uh, ideal time to start one however you must take into consideration the scheduling plans of the visiting team so i guess that's what's going on there guys well they have to get started before the snow stops <laughs> as as we've noted is tradition you know they're taking on marquette at home so they have to play in the snow uh, so that marquette feels the most comfortable um yeah. while on the road so they have to start before the snow stops later in the day I, I gotta give softball credit here. They figured this out a long time ago. Just go south for a month. Softball and baseball—they're <laughs> like, we're out of here. Yeah, like, we're, gonna, we're gonna do all our work online. We'll just yeah. stay down there. 
<laughs> these these things where they're like, oh yeah, we're we're in Florida for the weekend, but don't worry, we're gonna come back for the next week of classes and then go to Florida again. No, no, I don't believe it. It sounds like the uh, wealthy retired people who go south for they're the winter snowboarding. and come back for spring. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I refuse to believe they come back. It's a it's a it's a sham. They're just down there doing their homework online and hanging out in Florida where it's warm. Well, I would. I would do mm-hmm. that instead of sitting in my dorm room. Exactly. Just, you know, I mean, if you're a reserve on the, the Cardinal softball team and they get ready to fly back to Louisville, say, like, Coach, I think I'm just going to hang out here and do some independent study, as that said, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll drive on over and catch you on Gainesville next weekend. Have a safe trip. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, volleyball did that for – almost did that, kind sort of did that for one week this year. The uh, When we had two weekends back-to-back in North Carolina – First weekend we played Duke because I was down there for that. And the next weekend was, I think, NC State. Linda Hampton-Keith, who was a volunteer assistant, stayed down there. Of course, I mean, she lives there. She used to be the head coach at NC State. She lives there. So she just stayed there for the week. But, I mean, the rest of the team came back. But, well, Jeff yeah. tried to do it. Jeff Walls tried to do it with the basketball team over Thanksgiving. And the NCAA yeah. rudely wouldn't let him. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of said, hey, Jeff, not so fast. He said, guys, okay. I'm just trying to take vacation, okay? It's nicer out here. Exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> There's certainly still a lot of good things going on this week. Make sure and, and catch these. And, uh, of course, you can uh, catch our reports on these on Twitter. We'll normally put up something for the tweet on what's going on with one of the sports. And, of course, make sure and get your daily requirements in and read Cardinal a couple, three times a day to make sure you get all your nutri- <laughs> nutrients. Uh, check back in and always check out the comment section because people do like to comment on what they've read and what they perceive to be going on. Uh, with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump on into it. In case 1118, not bad. Well, not a personal best, but you got to do it pretty quickly here. I'd say uh, we had some he had some interference. Yeah, so, a fair you know. number of interjections. <laughs> yeah, I, nobody went to the monitor, though. So that's good. Okay, we didn't have any delays there. We need a ruling on blocker charge. You know. <laughs> Where's Rex Chapman when you need him? There you go. I'm, I'm surprised that D. Cantor hasn't jumped into the broadcast and said that <laughs> the broadcast is under review. <laughs> The cards themselves, though, they were playing some hoops this week. But before we get to that, let's go to the Thursday game where West Virginia, unfortunately, was ready to come in here. Not West Virginia, Uh, just Virginia. Excuse me, Virginia was ready to come in here. Louisville thought that they were coming in here. The cards were actually in their pregame walkthrough. Over at the little, yeah, you know, when they found out at 3.30, Daryl, the, the Cavaliers did not make it into town. And so, play for K, not going to happen Thursday. Game, not going to happen this Thursday. Uh, mechanical and airline staffing issues being the reason here for the cancellation. Uh, I don't know, Daryl, are you buying this for a dollar or are you going to wait to see what else comes up on the stage? That's ridiculous. Is showing up on game day normal for a squad? Like, I mean, seven hours is seven hours, but still, just who wants to be on a bus all day? No, like, it's... if they did have that potential of getting on a bus, who would do it on game day? I just that doesn't make sense to me, right? It's it's standard for teams to arrive the day before for conference play. 
Right. And I, so, think they were, I think they were planning on it. I think they had, I, I, this is where I believe that they probably did have mechanical problems on a plane, at which point you start scrambling to line up backup mm-hmm. for contingency plans. And if those start falling through, then, you know, maybe you, you give up on it. Now, maybe they don't put quite as much effort into the contingency plans because they're three and whatever. You know, I could see that being the possibility, but I, you know, I, I don't really doubt that they probably did have mechanical problems on the plane to kick this all off. So. Allegedly, the scenario here was, okay, that plane doesn't work. Can we get another plane? Sure we can. We'll get another plane, but they couldn't find a staffing crew for the other plane. So, but, so Coach Walls, so like the U of L program acted like they were blindsided. You know, they're going through their walkthroughs with the impression that the team is already right. here, right? Is that correct? Yeah. He, yeah. He said on Twitter that they found out three and a half hours before the game started. We're supposed so to start. they couldn't even have put a bug in our team's ear that, yo, we're not even in town yet. That's why uh-huh. communication is so important. Yeah. yeah, they act like they sent a letter via Pony Express and we're still waiting <laughs> on it. I think that's why most schools have an SID, okay? <laughs> a sports information director whose primary task is to inform people about sports, your particular yeah. sport. Their uh, communications department still running on Internet Explorer. I- I, yeah. oh, As someone who has been forced to switch to Microsoft Edge this week, I resent oh, the statement. That's too bad. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> not going to Edge. No, thank you. How much that. do the SIDs do coordination and information between teams like that, though? My impression is SIDs are more outward facing towards like. That's why you have director of operations. The director of ops, yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I brought up the whole Twitter thing and, and Virginia just tweeting about happy birthday, coach. And I don't expect them to come out and tell everyone. We haven't even made it to town for this game yet, but it's just U of L was totally blindsided three hours before the game. The fans were upset, rightfully so. I mean, I, Jared said he wore his pink. I wore my U of L shirt. Like I was ready for a game. I had my pink shirt on. I was ready to go to the car. You know, but I, I put on sneaks instead of sandals just to be able to go to the KFC Young Center. But still in shorts, right? Oh yeah. Okay. This seems kind of not cool by Virginia's uh, program, the way that it unfolded to me. That's that's why you need to be more transparent and and exactly. say stuff. Which I understand if you don't want to release something to the fans, but at least too far in advance. But at least have communication between the two programs right. and try and get something out there a little bit sooner because you've got fans and there's we've got a demographic that really likes to get down there super early, find parking, go grab dinner before the game. So they're there three hours before tip-off. You've got people who are probably about to get in their car and head downtown. So yeah. that's why Don't you need to communicate the huge promo night. And as, as someone was pointing out on Twitter, that's what got employees down there. They're showing up to staff concession stands and ticketing and all of that. And now they're all inconvenienced and possibly out financially. It's, I mean, it's a bad situation all around. Yeah, because a lot of these employees too are hourly employees, right? So you know it's not like they're on salary and they're going to get paid for the week. You know whether they show up or not, that's a figure they get down there at three. Maybe they get you know out of there by eleven or ten thirty or whatever. That's seven seven and a half hours that they don't get paid for because Virginia doesn't have anybody who can make a call. To Nick Evans, or make a call to Jeff Walls and say, or even just send a text message. And, right. Yeah, you know, uh, young people don't like to make phone calls. Other's numbers, you can shoot yeah. a quick text. Yeah, 
Right. Oh, yeah, I, just... I feel like Coach Walls is kind of going to be like texting every team from now and be like, you made it to town, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, you know, the, how are your accommodations? Is there anything we can bring over to the Now, the part that's you? still a little confusing is you'll see when teams arrive a day early, they usually do like a walkthrough or some type of practice inside the facility. And that's standard for every team anywhere. Yep. So, I mean, when they didn't show up for their practice or walkthrough Wednesday afternoon or evening, did the facilities people not at least think, like, where's the team at? You should start asking <laughs> questions well in advance. Other teams we probably started that conversation like um where are they at <laughs> and then they were so, like oh yeah we didn't make it we forgot to tell you harold's down there waiting by the immediate entrance for the team to come in and hasn't seen you guys yet <laughs> say are you coming yeah are you practicing over at valley instead i mean tell us what's going on here right just no, just a crazy way that unfolded but uh, it was crazy and then of course uh Jeff Walls decides that he's going to have a press conference on Friday, arguably to talk about Notre Dame. Uh, there wasn't a lot of Notre Dame discussion on this one. Honestly. Yeah. Jeff Walls decided to take to the pulpit a little bit and talk a little bit about this one. And unfortunately, the saddest thing was before they actually started the presser at 1230, Walls talked for about five minutes with the microphone off to the media in attendance. And I'm not a lip reader. So I can't tell what he said, but by his facial expressions, he wasn't talking about Lola and Lucy going to the park. No, <laughs> it wasn't that. Wall seemed to be a bit perturbed, but uh, the pressure was a good one in the fact, you know, and then, okay, let, let's face it. We all remember or have read or heard about what happened to the Marshall football team years ago on a plane with mechanical issues, mm -hmm. a very tragic event. You don't want to take a chance with that plane, but Lo and behold, they've got another plane ready. Oh, we can't take the crew from that plane and put them on the other plane? Presumably it was a different aircraft type. The crew may not have been type rated for the, for the other one, but I don't know. I'm, I, I'm guessing here. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, you do have to be As, licensed to fly certain types of planes or yeah. work certain types of uh, planes and aircraft. As someone who was subject to uh, staffing shortages, uh, notably, for flights, I will extend grace to people who are unable to travel due to such a thing. And definitely will believe that it was the case. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, it is a seven and a half plus hour ride. I understand, like, not wanting to do that as an option. But if your flights were scheduled to leave Wednesday night and then you couldn't get a staff to do one, like, it wouldn't have been that hard to charter a bus. But at the same time... Then and, you're traveling overnight bus by bus. It's take longer anyway. I mean, you know, it's, you get you got to stop and eat sometime during the trip, okay? Yeah, well, your Olympic sports do it all the time. They don't fly yeah. nearly as much. Buses aren't zipping 89 miles an hour down the freeways either, too, okay? Right. I would say an eight and a half, nine hour trip at the at, at the minimum. Because sure, but if you're if eating. you're leaving at 10 p.m. for an overnight, I mean, <laughs> but then you run it well. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I mean, they can sleep on the bus. The the trick is, is if they're heads down trying to solve the flight problems, thinking they have a plane flight lined up, thinking that they're going to be getting a crew, the window of opportunity for hopping on a bus may pass before yeah. they realize it. So That's true. Yeah. In any event, uh, a game that did not take place, the cards did get the forfeit on it, though, which, as we mentioned earlier, counts in the ACC standings, but in the NCAA standings, of course – 
forfeits don't go on your cumulative record. Another thing that just kind of baffles and confuses me, but, you know, that's the NCAA. At least the ACC seems to be the ones that have more intelligence in this situation. But, the NCAA just loves handing out asterisks yeah. to Louisville. <laughs> that's true. And Virginia and Virginia is probably saying, thank you, NCAA. We didn't need another loss on our schedule. That's fine. Thank you. We'll take the conference loss. We're all for conference anyway. It's not that it matters, okay? Well, at first, we didn't know if we were going to get credit for it at all, and if this was just going to be a presumed win that would have lost on our schedule or we could have gotten screwed over in terms of the final standings with NC State and ACC and everything. That's true. There were there were other ramifications at play here. So I was, I was uh, I not a happy camper for that reason. I kind of get the rationale, right, because automatic qualifiers – are based on standings. It's just straight up standings. So a forfeit can influence that, like the situation we were in. So, okay, you give them credit to, to reflect that they were there and able and ready to play. But that's not the case in the NCAA. They're like the tournament selections for at-large stuff is all eye test and subjective things anyway. So the standing of a game like that isn't necessarily going to have any real impact on selections so i kind of get the rationale still kind of crazy but also in this context i understand that if the teams were different like if this was i don't know notre dame if this was notre dame and was like well now we can't get the opportunity for a top 25 win like that would be unfortunate in the ncaa perspective but i I think it's much do about nothing because literally no one would have cared if Louisville beat Virginia in the national yeah. conversation. Like literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. it was it no, there no was talk. no benefit <laughs> to Louisville playing this game legitimately. Like the only thing you could do is look bad and like the only thing you could do is look bad and win. And then the worst possible outcome is an upset, which I don't suspect would have happened. But I, I think that it's a lot of stink about nothing. Uh, the ACC has granted you the win in conference so you don't fall behind NC State and NCAA wouldn't have cared anyway. Yeah. It's, I, I had uh, somebody at work tried to schedule me a meeting late in the day on Thursday. And I was like, we need to make this a little earlier. I got to be heading out the door to go to an event. And then when we, so they moved it an hour earlier, which is great. They were all, you know, then we get on there like, yeah, and the event got canceled at the last minute. So, so we were talking about it and I said, yeah, it was a UVO basketball game, women's game. And they're like, well, I guess at least you all get the W. Is it? Oh, we were going to beat this team anyway. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like there was a question. Yeah, there's really no doubt. <laughs> At least. Upset of monumental, monumental proportions should yeah. the KFs come in here and beat us on four hours sleep. Right. Anyway, that's what didn't happen on Thursday. Let's go back to something that actually did happen on Sunday, where the cards traveled up to the Orange Dome to go up and play in the Carrier Dome against Syracuse. Uh, Louisville scoring 50 points in each half. Daryl putting away Syracuse 100 to 64. A balanced scoring effort for the cards. Uh, and uh, Liz Dixon, a career high, 18 points for Louisville. Certainly a, a great win for Louisville up there in Syracuse land. Oh my gosh, Liz Dixon's on fire. She is a silent killer right now. Which that game on Sunday is like part of the reason I just thought that this squad was just itching to get back out there and play and build off of that. They, and I think I texted in the group 
um, you know, play the game, play the game. I didn't care, like, if it was a makeup or whatever. This team wants to play. They want to go out there and build off of the previous uh, showing. And Liz Dixon is just a huge anchor for the cards. And, you know, Haley had that good game last week, and she didn't – she was good on Sunday, but she didn't shine outshine anyone else. And she was, what, the fifth best scorer for the cards? So it seems like this squad – Every player is starting to uh, come into their role and, and become more consistent and efficient scoring or whatever the team needs. They're there. And 100 points, that's a good day. It was a return for Emily Engsler to the school that she had spent playing at Syracuse before she came to Louisville. Engsler worth 11 points in the game. As we mentioned, Dixon had her 18. Kiana Smith had 16. And Alana Smith. No, not her sister, but had 13 points. Chelsea Hall and Emily Langston with 11, and then Haley Van Lith with 10 in the win. The cards shot 53% in the game, Jared. That's pretty fine shooting, Tex. Yeah, our offense has been the uh, the bright spot of the team these last few games after the defense has been the kind of the star of the show for the first two-thirds of the season, so it's nice to see that the offense is finally starting to find their rhythm, get a little groove going on. I'm, I'm happy with it. And when you see different players each game step up and, and have strong showings, it just makes this team that much harder to scout. I mean, you can go in the beginning of the season and you kind of laid out, oh, these players are the ones we need to really focus on. And then you have someone like uh, Liz Dixon, like Daryl was praising earlier, stepped up and had a really strong 18-7 and seven showing, or Alana Smith posted uh, 13 points on that one and then the other day where Mikasa Robinson just had a really good game and you've got all these different players that you never know who's going to go off and have a really great offensive game or defensive game or just all around so at this point it's Louisville's one of the hardest teams to scout just for that reason you don't have five or six players to worry about you've got 10 11 players that you really got to watch some film on to understand what they could potentially do and that's what's going to help Louisville in postseason and just piggybacking off of that which is a huge difference than last season with, you know, Dana Evans being the focus, and I feel like in the preseason slash beginning of the season, everybody's like, Coach, what are you going to do without having a Dana Evans on this team? And now we're literally seeing everything that Coach Walls has preached come together. Yeah, it forces other players to step up. You can't just sit back and ride off of somebody else's uh, stardom and what they're putting out on the court for you. For sure, indeed, the cards have got many many talented players and you never know which one is going to come in and put the beat down upon you uh, a, a game against Syracuse where the cards led 65-50 after three quarters uh, Haley Van Lith having a great game so far but then the fourth quarter came around and Case Louisville exploded for 35 points in the fourth quarter 14 for 21 from the floor, holding Syracuse just to 14 points. Uh, the curse of the bad fourth quarter has been temporarily erased, I do believe, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see, um, like you mentioned, the, the Louisville's sluggish fourth quarters kind of uh, be eschewed a little bit in this one. Uh, I think they kind of needed it, um, losing the second quarter and then a, a very – poor third quarter I'd say by local standards at just 15 to 11 to a team like Syracuse um, so usually you get that 
talking too at halftime, but I would say that the uh, huddle between the third and fourth quarters was not a pleasant one to be in. Um, and I hope that uh, children in the vicinity of the Louisville bench um, had their earmuffs <laughs> on. <laughs> but for the cards to come out in that Why, was quarter, it cold case? Why yeah, would they need earmuffs? <laughs> well, you know, notably the Carrier Dome doesn't have heating and air. Um, <laughs> it does have heating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like naming a stadium Taco Bell stadium and not selling food. Okay. Yeah, I mean, no come on. Let's, yeah, let's, but let's yeah, they, they came alive. A couple of big ass fans or something, right? You know, something, <laughs> anything, but no. Uh, they came alive and were able to put that together. And then just uh, like you've got, you guys have mentioned Liz Dixon, just fantastic. Um, perfect from the floor in the last two games. Um, it's amazing. You can't you can't really ask for more than that from. It's amazing. It's not like she's been like two of two in each game either. You know, she went eight for eight in this one, six six in the previous. Um, she's she's doing good work down there, and and it's great to be able to turn to someone uh, in this situation. Like Olivia has, Olivia Cochran has definitely stepped in and kind of made the center position hers on this team. But Liz Dixon is getting nearly as many minutes uh, with the twenty sixteen split in that last game. Um, and she's not just contributing offensively, you know, picking up seven rebounds to go along with it uh, and playing well with a block and a steal on defense as well. So, um, And Jeff Wallace has come out and said, you know, he, he could take the road and say, well, it's because I've told her to do this. And it's because she has finally learned out of our coaching that this has to happen. Wallace gives all the credit to Liz. She's been the one who's gone out and done the work. She's the one that's working on that turnaround jumper. She's the one that's been working on her footwork to be a little bit faster. Because Liz has been putting in the hours, and that's why you're seeing her perform the way she is. I think that's what you got to do at this time of year. Instead of trumping what you're doing as a coach, talk about the employers improving due to hard work and dedication. Right. And the other thing is, is do you guys think that this team, this U of L team, is on anyone's radar on the national scale? Because watching that South Carolina versus UK game the other night, they brought up the question: um, South Carolina ranked number one. Who is the squad that's going to give them the most trouble? And they went automatically to Stanford, which you know, of course, uh, but didn't even mention U of L. So I was just curious if you thought U of L was on anyone's radar this year. Well, I think that the cards would be best served, Daryl, by putting South Carolina on the free throw line the entire game. <laughs> that was one of the most pitiful exhibitions of free throw shooting <laughs> in South Carolina's game against the Cats that I've seen in a long time. I mean, that was ridiculous. You know, I think the five of us could get together on an outdoor gym in sub-zero weather and probably hit more than they did. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I think Emily Engsler has no problem with that game plan. She'll she'll go out there and, put, and yeah. foul them all. Or end up throwing snowballs at the backboard, you know. She, yeah, she would. <laughs> it would be. But let's see. Yeah, and South Carolina, okay, let, let's admit it. They do have some very good players. And they were minus two players in the Kentucky game. Let's, let's bring that into mind out uh, practicing with their national teams. But, uh, hey, still, this was a blowout until Kentucky decided to make it interesting late and get back into it a little bit. But South Carolina's got a Leah Boston, and I think you got to start there. Yeah. She, she is definitely All-American, All-Conference, anything you want her to be. She's an amazing post for them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, with Notre Dame up next, that'll happen Sunday at 2 p.m. and at the KFCM Center Super Bowl Sunday. So, 
Uh, I would think, you know, if the Super Bowl was not till 6.30, I think you'd get a pretty good turnout for that game, right? And the Cards fans come down and have some fun, watch that, and then get home and have plenty of time to get to their Super Bowl parties or to get in front of their TVs and warm up the chicken wings, get the bowl of chili out and, and watch the Super Bowl. Notre Dame comes in, though, uh, a Notre Dame team that's been playing very, very well, Jared, and also has Olivia Miles and Sam Brunel. They, they've got some forces on this team that could definitely give the cards a run for their money Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you mentioned the name I was going to go to immediately with Olivia Miles. And especially as a freshman, I know she had graduated early and she was able to kind of play that COVID year, the back half of the COVID year last year with them to kind of get her feet wet. But even as a true freshman right now, she sees the court well, she plays well, she's comfortable out there. I mean, she's as a freshman, she's scary, and I'm not looking forward to having to play against her the next three years after this either. And she's been one of those to really power this Notre Dame team along, and they really haven't missed much of a step uh, since Muffet left. Uh, so we'll do a little uh, bash at Muffet real quick, and I guess maybe she's uh, – not not the, the savior of that, that program and the only reason they were good all these years. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll you know, bash right back. Next oh, she, 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 gets. Right. She, she loves to bash us on ACC Network, so you got got throw something Every right time. back at her in her face. She never misses a chance. But yeah. Notre Dame is a scary team because they've come out and they've just fallen flat in a few games this year just out of nowhere, and then they'll turn around and and look like a potential Final Four lead eight caliber team, and you're like, well, who are we going up against today? And, and Notre Dame's a really good team just overall, and they're not going to be a, a cakewalk Sunday. So in a way, it was maybe a blessing to have Thursday night off just to help some players get a little extra rest or less late in the season. you got bumps and bruises. It's an extra day off just to kind of recover and, and heal up, so maybe we'll have some fresh legs ready to go against Notre Dame, and maybe we can beat them by 20-plus. That would be nice. Would be uh, I would be very tickled with a twenty-plus win over Notre Dame because uh, they do tend to like to play us quick and fast and to the point. But uh, oh, just a quick update for you in case you were worried about it. Ohio State did beat the Cards eight to five in the final game down there. The Cards though did have two on and two outs at eight to five, and it was a good rally. Showed good yeah, fight. final runs win, but came back nice from an eight nothing deficit to uh, yeah, and I guess not a not a run roll. No, you gotta be proud of the uh, not get, sitting down and giving up when it was eight nothing deficit and really kind of pushing back and, and fighting. So that's something that we haven't really seen in the past few years. So I want to give softball credit just for that, even though they lost, just to see them actually really kind of put forth the effort and try and come back to win. And hopefully, something if Amen. I if I can get it done this week, something to ask Holly April about is a. Uh, you know, you've seen this team play five games. They're four and one. They they don't give up. They battle back. They fight hard to the, to the final out. Just talk about what's going on with the team, and I'd also kind of like to ask her about the the proliferance of new players in the lineup and see what she's seeing there. And Holly will look at me and roll her eyes and go, "Why do you always ask me the tough questions?" So. <laughs> if this is your uh, transition to softball, I'm more than pleased with a four-one record to start the year and i know we we've played some not great caliber teams uh, with florida atlantic and and whatnot but we got the win against indiana and then turned this ohio state game into a close game and with some sports i don't mind thrilled with the uh 14 to nothing mercy rule over perennial powerhouse bethune cookman 
Hey, that didn't light your candle. <laughs> I don't mind playing a, a couple of those bunny teams early on. I mean, you play forty plus games when you get to softball, and the the mindset of playing a couple bunny games to start the year just as a, a way to kind of get the, a good feel for how the season's going to go, but also a good confidence builder. Uh, get hit the ground running that way is it, nice. Plus, you know, having those wins on the record early on looks nice, and you can get your fans a little more involved. But I'm I'm not disappointed in the Ohio State loss at this point. Uh, a couple big games next week with Florida and Duke while they're staying down there in uh, Florida area, and that Duke game will not be a conference game. It's just a regular season game at this point. But uh, they'll be challenged a little bit more, so we'll get to see more how this team's going to handle that. Yeah. And while we've cracked the door on it here, let's just go ahead and walk fully into the softball room. And the cards did start out with two wins against FAU, as we mentioned down there in Boca Raton. Uh, the first one, kind of a pitcher's duel here a little bit, huh? one nothing. Uh, don't know, you know, what had delayed the Cardinals' bats from getting there, but they certainly made up for it you know, in, their, in their next one. And then... Plane uh, troubles, mechanical yeah. plane troubles. It was, it was uh, <laughs> the uh, umpires didn't show up in time, so they had to go up into the stands and get filled in. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, cards taking two over FAU, the host of the tournament, on a Thursday, and then of course yesterday, the cards. Bethman Cookman, like, like we mentioned, uh, Bethman Bethy did not show up, so it was only Cookman out there, and they had some trouble with that. <laughs> But uh, after that one, a 14 nothing win for the Cards. Five and in a fair. IU, the Hoosiers were next. And Louisville under maybe a little bit of pressure on this one. The Cards uh, did start out, guys, in, in case you had the right up on this uh, jumping out. Taylor Roby with a 3-0 lead, but she didn't quite breeze through the Hoosiers, did she now? Yeah, um, Indiana was definitely ready to put up a bit more of a fight than Bethune-Cookman was in the first one, which I think uh, they would have been happy to have just ended it with a mercy rule after two, um, as the as the game score would have allowed. But um, yeah, uh, Roby got herself into a little bit of trouble with two on in the to open the inning. Um, uh, a couple of errors didn't help. Uh, brought both of those runners in. Um, it, she didn't. She didn't really have her best stuff to open this one. Um, ultimately was able to settle in, uh, get ahead of Indiana in a way that um, Indiana's pitchers were not able to, to stay on top of Louisville once they got further into the number of lineup turnovers. Um, but you know she gave up a couple of unearned runs, a couple of earned runs, gave herself the lead that she would not yield with a home run in the fourth inning. Or, yeah, fourth inning? Third inning, sorry. She gave herself that 4-3 lead with a home run in the third inning um, and then the grand slam to give Louisville the insurmountable lead there in the fifth um, before Roby was ultimately pulled uh, when she started the sixth with another base hit. So she managed to cobble it together, um, helped herself out significantly on the offensive end, like I mentioned, uh, the solo homer, but also uh, another hit, uh, another run scored. So definitely good to see Louisville's offense helping them win games um, and pitching not throwing it away like has sort of been 
the case recently. Um, and, and good to see Louisville, even though FAU is, you know, a 12-35 and 35 team from last year, 0-3 so far this year. Um, and Bethune-Cokeman, not great. But good to see Louisville winning in different ways. And um, like I mentioned, they didn't win today against Ohio State, but you come back from down 8 nothing uh, to give yourself a chance at 8-5 in the bottom of the 7th. And then against Indiana, uh, faced some adversity and, and were able to pull through uh, that opening game, like you mentioned, a pitcher's duel, uh, able to, to keep their composure in that one. So it, it's good to see through five games you've already played most of the ways that you're going to play a game um, and won almost all those ways. So uh, we'll, we'll just see if in the future, hopefully they can avoid going down uh, big like they did against Ohio State, but in the future if they can um, recover from uh, a big deficit and, and manage to turn around and win that game. But I'm encouraged by this season. <laughs> new faces, Daryl. New names and new faces to learn. We've got a Lotus and an Otis on the team. I love that combination. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> That's right. Kendall Smith, a new That's name hilarious. for us as well, Maddie Grant. But they are producing for the cards. Uh, it looks like Holly has done well in her transfer portal recruiting aspects here. Uh, we got to catch up on some of these names here. Wow. That's what I'm looking at the roster right now, trying to see where we are in these uh, the classes for these players because I swear COVID's just <laughs> thrown me all off. Um, that I, yeah, I haven't been out to Omer in like two years now. Uh, it's weird, right? I know. I, it I made just a couple trips last year, and that was it. Yeah. Like a time warp, doesn't it? Because yeah. uh, who was I thinking of? Rebecca Chong is a senior. You all, what? How did that happen? <laughs> How did just, this happen? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, but we we talk about these new names. I'm really excited for uh this roster because I feel like it's, it's a true uh, Holly April roster. Um, we've mentioned the names that we're most familiar with Taylor Roby. Um, he's probably going to be leading the charge offensively and defensively for U of L all season long. Um, and then Carmen green one is finally, she, I think Carmen's going to be what we really hoped Celine Funky would be in her senior scenes. And that's no knock on Celine, but there was some offensive struggles. She got moved around in the um, the lineup from being leadoff hitter to moving couple down because she just wasn't producing. Um, but I really think Carmen Greenwood's going to come into her own. She already shown glimpses of that in these first couple games. And, um, yeah, we're going to see. I didn't get to actually see these games, like watching them on field. We have the the recaps and the stats we can follow, but I really am interested to see the base running and just how aggressive they are on there. Just no room for errors. Just keep scoring, run that tally up, and, and get some wins this year. I want to jump in just real quick, to, just because she mentioned uh, Carmen Greenwood. Um, I, I really love the way that um, Holly April has constructed the lineup so far. Uh, I think that she probably will keep with it because of the way that it's worked out to this point. Uh, but Carmen Greenwood is like your fast, you know, contact hitter that you're going to want on base all the time. And I love the choice to not make her the leadoff, but to make her the second or the two hole so that you can get uh, a player like Easton Lotus on base pretty frequently because she can reach on. Yep. Um, she can reach on errors. She can reach on walks. She can she can get there. And then you've got the dependable Carmen Greenwood to help bring that in or advance her. Um, 
and then obviously following that up with Roby. Uh, I really love that construction instead of trying to put a lot of weight on Carmen Greenwood to be the leadoff hitter and be on base for Roby by the time, you know, yeah. that three spot comes around. Great points. I haven't seen Easton, but I'm assuming she's uh, speedy. Yes. Yep, I would think so. She's a very Maddie Newman style player. Uh, nice. Actually, really close to same height and same body build and same position. So it's it's okay. like taking Maddie and putting her right back out there in second base, which is a good and thing. And making her a freshman again. I, I, yeah. I think I think when you look at the, the speed of those two players, Lotus and, and Greenwood, they're best, um, I guess that's best displayed by the fact that uh, Lotus opened an inning with, or maybe not opened the inning, but she got on base with a double, uh, and then mm-hmm. Carmen Greenwood went to sack Buntard a third and bunted to the third baseline, and then uh, Lotus made it to third, and Greenwood ended up on second base. So... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, I Trickery. That's it, it, It's weird, but uh, you, I'll take it. Yeah. Cards will return home and then head back down to Florida. Going to Gainesville. Home of Florida. Next week for the T-Mobile tournament. So if you head down there with your Horizon or Sprint phone, you will not be allowed <laughs> admission to the game. I think Sprint <laughs> will get you in since they're owned by T-Mobile. Yeah, uh, that's true. I don't know. You'll probably ask you to do an upgrade, Jared. I'm in case that's the only thing I can see. Now you need to trade that in before you can get in. Look at this. Good start for softball. Excited for them. Let's see how they do down there at University of Florida. In a conference game. Absolutely, yeah. Going to see what happens. Yeah. When there's a, cards have shown that they've got some pitchers that can go out there and get the job done. It'll be interesting to see what type of rotation that Holly comes up with for that one. I just remembered the ACC champs, correct, Duke? Yes, they mm-hmm. were. Matter of fact. Yeah. Well, that's a great uh, test. Well, they've that's got Mills as a coach. It is not counted as a conference. It's not counted as a conference. Didn't, oh, interesting. Didn't Duke just join? They are relatively new yeah, yeah. to ACC. Yeah, yeah. Three three years ago. The, them and Clemson are both on the very new side. Yeah. Also, I will note that Duke loves to play non-conference conference games. Them and North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, they even did the North Carolina even did one in football this year. And you played a non-conference conference game in football. That's insanity. What? There's only 12 games. <laughs> like, what, yeah, well, they know how to get to the stadium. They're familiar with the visitors locker room. <laughs> Come on, you know, it's just a no-brainer. It's just like, do we want to go out to Washington State or hey, we could go to Wake Forest? A lot shorter trip. <laughs> yeah. So good things. More, more likely to actually make it there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't get yeah. off that topic. Mechanical trouble with the bus, guys. You know, get your <laughs> thumbs out before hitchhiking over to Winston Salem. Uh, Cross also got their season started yesterday. Went out to Colorado. And uh, now, did they not play this one at Boulder, Case? I thought that they may have played this one in Boulder and then they go to Denver Sunday. No, I'm they pretty were... sure they were both in Denver. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, I guess we'll find that, you know, tomorrow when we look at the ground there and see. Oh, no, if... you're right. It was in Boulder. This Sorry. is listed as Boulder yeah, in the headline. recap and schedule. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Sorry. Yeah, it's no, no. not that much difference, though. Yeah, it's not very, it's like an hour or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's no big deal. It's just a little, little Lexington. No difference there, you, Jeff, right? Uh, yeah. It's probably closer, actually. <laughs> Boulder's <laughs> almost like <laughs> suburb of, Lo- of Denver. It's like yeah, driving it's one of those cities. It's one of those cities in Colorado. Yeah, Denver or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Paul Zingdom. Colorado Springs, you know, whatever it is. It's funny, I actually have a friend who was on his way to Hawaii, and uh, this snowstorm that ultimately moved this game inside uh, stranded him in 
Denver uh, as part of a connection for a little bit. He should have hmm. gotten to a cab and gone down to Boulder, then is all I can say. <laughs> Lacrosse coming at the, an interesting game in the fact that, yes, it was snowing quite heavily in Boulder to start this one at, and that snow continued throughout the first quarter, almost like one of those uh, kind of like some blizzards almost, you might call it. After one quarter, they stopped the action, they huddled, and they decided, you know what? We got this indoor practice facility. It's right over there in the corner of campus. Uh, what say we all go over there? Everybody in for that? Yes, let's go do that. So they actually changed the venue after the first quarter. Louisville leading 3-2. But unfortunately, even though getting to overtime against Colorado, the Cards lose this one 14-13 in the last second of the overtime. A tough break for Louisville indeed, but uh, certainly a game where we saw Hannah Morris come out with four goals. Uh, you know, Jeff, I was I was encouraged to see the way that we were playing against this Colorado team. We'd beaten them, I think, last year here, but unfortunately it just didn't turn out to be a win for us. No, it's, I mean, it was. Uh, didn't get to watch it, obviously. You didn't have streaming on it, but uh, at least I didn't get to see the, the part of it that was streamed. Um, it was back and forth a lot. The score, I was kind of looking at stats updates and everything. And I was, I was very impressed. This is a very good team. Uh, they have been for a while and it was competitive at least, um, which is, you know, that's, that's a good outing. I think initially, uh, hopefully we can tune up a little bit better as the season goes on, but, uh, it's a good start. The change of venue did not suit the cards so well though, as they actually we're trailing 12 to 9 going into the fourth quarter. Were they out of gas? Were they out of luck? No, Hannah Moore said, I don't think so. Cases the cards came back and actually actually took the lead in this thing with a minute 10 to go. But uh, unfortunately, they did not win. And it went to overtime or lacrosse overtime, like we've read before, is a sudden death kind of thing. Yeah. And they took it down to the sudden death, too. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, you could throw your conspiracy theories out of uh, uh, the home team getting a whistle to get a free position shot uh, with three seconds remaining in the game. Uh, you can you can do that if you want, but uh, you would also need to look back at the fact that they were granted a free position shot with like six seconds left in the half to go up at halftime too. Uh, so uh, I, I won't say any more about it. I'm just kidding. Um, th this lacrosse game, uh, the scoring was absolutely insane. Uh, both teams kind of refusing to lose. Um, it took a while to score in both the first and second quarters, uh, but if you take out those two big chunks, then the average goals were like two or like a goal every two minutes, uh, something crazy like that. Um, both these teams back and forth, like we said, uh, Louisville ties it, you know, with what two minutes left, and then Colorado's like, well, wait, you weren't supposed to do that. We were up by three going into the fourth quarter, so they scored again and. Uh, with a minute left and thought that they would, you know, still get out of there. And uh, Nicole Peroni, uh, who had scored the goal to tie it uh, for her fourth of the game, then said, you know what, I, I think I'll score a fifth. We'll tie it again, uh, see if we can't keep playing this game. Um, I have to wonder if the, like, the players um, that are not from, you know, Canada uh, and adjacent areas had to convince uh, Teeter and 
and Morissette to to agree to move the game indoors. Um, <laughs> Scott Scott and Nicole K are just like Prony's I don't know. Had a jersey. Nicole Prony is just one tough lacrosse player, yeah. and Jared can back me up on this. She would have said, "What do you mean? Why are we? Why aren't we playing in the street, dodging traffic? Come on, y'all! Jeez, <laughs> what's going on here?" That sounds kind of fun, actually. Scott, Scott, and Kay are probably like, "What's the matter, guys? There's just some snow. Why are we, are we worried about?" Teeter was at. But then they would apologize for it. Yeah. yeah. Teeter was at there in his shorts and flip flops. You know, <laughs> what snow? And his and his bucket hat. Yeah. And his, yes, he did have the bucket hat on. That was yeah. the terminal. But the, the cards, you know, obviously with a new goalkeeper as well this two this year too, Jared, and I know they probably had to maybe have a. A little effect on what's going on. Rachel Florica, unfortunately, decided to move on to other things. Did not take uh, the year she had available to her. And so the card's kind of getting close to finding somebody new in a very important position on the team, Jared. Yeah, there's uh, quite a few replacements that we're looking for. And, and Keeper with Florica, as you mentioned, is the biggest replacement that we've got to work with on this one. And uh, it may take a little bit of time to kind of get settled and figure out who that's going to be. Uh, but you've lost some other kind of key players from last year as well. You had Alex McNicholas was one of them, yeah, Allie all Hall. Yeah. Right, you had a, a couple of your big-time players that have graduated. And we were fortunate to get both of the Blaylock sisters back. So that's, that's something, and I'm happy to have both of them back. And It's just we're going to start seeing more and more players that are going to have to come in and, and step up and fill in those bigger roles. Uh, and I think the kind of the big thing this year is going to be really focused on defense. You know, if you're giving up 13, 14, 15 goals a game, you're not going to win a ton of games. So we really need to limit that and see if we can't find uh, some single-digit allowed games this year. Always a fun post-game interview, too, when the Blaylock sisters are present and pitting them against each other during the interview. That's a lot of fun. It's a good thing Teeter sits between them. That's all I can say. The Cardinal will head down to Denver, a 1 p.m. game Sunday against Denver University, a team that I think was getting some recognition in the top 25, if I remember correctly here, gang. So certainly a tough one back-to-back for the Cards, but road trips make you stronger, don't they? I believe Denver is uh, currently ranked 14th. There you go. So, yeah. I think the Cards are like 24th in maybe RPI or something, but uh, that, that's probably going to drop a little bit. In any event, uh, let's hope that they can go out there and go to one-and-one one against Denver tomorrow. Wow. Uh, a few of us will be down at the M Center getting ready for action. Uh, I don't guess there's any TV on this that I've seen, so we won't be able to watch it while we're Yeah, none listed. Okay. But, uh, now just to take a look at the clock here, and we're, we're already past the noon hour, so Certainly have talked about a lot of good things today, covered a lot of territory. We'll go ahead and segue on into our final thoughts. And uh, Case, we're going to let you start out with final thoughts this week. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to the to the well uh, of the of the joke we kept making and just point out that when I Googled Charlottesville to Virginia to see the drive time earlier, one of the top Google hits was five quick and easy ways to get from Charlottesville to Ver- to Louisville <laughs> by plane, train, or automobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so oh my God, no way. Yeah. Well, I, to, to be fair, that may be clickbait because I think to get, do it on train, you have to 
it's an Amtrak. Track. Yeah, it, they're like, oh yeah, you take the Amtrak, but let me tell you, uh, as, as my uh, my method to get there from to get to Louisville from uh, Chicago, one of the options was Amtrak, which was really just take the train to Indianapolis and then get on a bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not great. I think John Candy and Steve Martin made a movie about that planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> years ago. Good thoughts there, indeed. Uh, Daryl, what do you got for us on final thoughts? Oh, I don't know, guys. Talking about the Olympic sports going on, and I've been watching the Olympics. I don't know if you all have. I feel like everyone on the um, ESPN and all that stuff, nobody's hyping up these games. Um, they're all acting like they're not interested. But if you turn those things on, don't tell me you're not interested in watching these players or these athletes zoom off a hill on some skis or snowboard and like look like a flying squirrel in the middle of the air um <laughs> super I'm g so is the most terrifying thing i've ever seen in my life oh, i know I, I don't oh. i can't wrap my brain around it like how will you do this the first time and i've seen a couple crashes i've seen a couple disqualifications um i saw the u.s almost medal in the biathlon so it, it's pretty interesting to see the the u.s and all the other athletes from across the world um communicate and just come together through sport which is a universal language so turn the olympics on it's really uh fun and interesting to watch and um happy valentine's day guys hey there you go that's right two days away before that one day a year that commercial marketing tells us we have to be nice to our sweetheart Uh, (laughs) hopefully you are the other 364 days of the year but at least, you know, if you don't do anything on Valentine's Day, then uh, you're in big trouble those days. You're getting the cold shoulder. That's right. <laughs> Jared, what you got for me? I don't really have much. I mean, uh, I guess to mirror Daryl real quick, at least the U.S. is tied for third right now with five gold. So that, that's good since we don't typically perform as well with the Winter Olympics as the Summer Olympics. Uh but I'm happy to get back to the KFC Young Center, and if somebody could uh, communicate with Notre Dame and make sure that they are on the way right now so we've got plenty of time to get this shit figured out, that would be fantastic so we don't have another fiasco. I think Jeff Wallace has gotten Muffet's phone number. He could probably, He's... like, you know, know. Coach Wallace went and picked him up himself. Hey, that's fine. I would love to see Wallace driving the bus up there with the police escort and making sure they get here. That would be hilarious. He would do it. He would. <laughs> it's only about four and a half hours or so to, to get up there. You leaving Olivia Miles standing on the curb with her luggage. <laughs> oh, no, we don't have room for her. We got to go. Let's go. Uh, Jeff, what's going on? What you got for me? Yeah, just uh, in quick reference to the uh, the Olympics, I've been watching, probably the, the main sport I've been watching is uh, short track speed skating. Uh, Amazing. In, uh, particularly the relays because they're such glorious glorious chaos right it's beautiful oh my goodness it's so much fun you have no idea what's going on on the ice but um otherwise yeah i kind of mentioned it earlier i'm I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to get out to ulmer here uh they're obviously down south right now and i think at least the first two weekends here in louisville i'm gonna be out of town so uh it'll be a little bit later into the season before i get out to you but i'm really looking forward to it it's always a just delightful to go and spend you know a few hours out there and and enjoy soaking up a little sunlight vitamin d indeed and to keep a track of the foul balls that are over there on the first right 
Yes. The Cooper Center, yeah. Looking forward to that as well. Uh, and uh, while we're on the Olympic kind of vein, I, I really look forward to the Olympics each four years and the winter ones because I get to renew my love with curling. That's right. Curling is, is fun. I've enjoyed that for a long time. Fan favorite. I've been watching that, uh, and I like the way the different teams and different approaches that the different players take toward it. And it is my sworn manifest destiny to go down and once we've determined who our new athletic director is going to be, I'm going to put a petition on his or her desk saying, I want curling to be brought to Louisville as a D1 sport. <laughs> I think you got to go to Indianapolis and talk to the NCAA first. Well, that could yeah. be that could that could be five years from now. I'd be waiting for an answer from my initial meeting. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I have plenty more questions before that one. I think we dropped down to D2 then. You know, <laughs> yeah, Paul shows us. Or, or the NAIA curling. Yeah, I'm not sure it's it. sport at any level, sponsored sport. I, I don't, don't, know. don't know if it is. It'd be a yeah, fun research for next week to see, but mm -hmm. uh, certainly we'll be doing curling tryouts later on today. <laughs> we're supposed to get down below freezing. So meet me at the corner of Shelbyville Road and Lynn Station, and we will be. <laughs> Certainly had a great show today. Thanks everybody for listening. We're glad that we got the time to spend with you. And certainly we'll be back next week at 11 a.m. for the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. In case you know something we don't, let us know so we don't show up, okay? <laughs> Mechanical issues or maybe the personnel won't be there. Everybody have a good one. And go Cards! Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm -hmm.